0: There's a very exciting project that's planned for this year, 2023. The federal government has provided $4 million for the South Entrance Trail. And this trail will travel from Lake Kittimaclundi near Toby's under US-29, under Snowden to uh, Stevens Forest Road. This gives Columbia another way to go in and out of downtown for both for pedestrians and bicyclists.
1: Hello, and welcome to Green Dragon, a monthly show where we talk about green initiatives in Maryland and Howard County, ongoing sustainability efforts at Howard Community College, and ideas and ways for you to be more sustainable at home. I'm Bob Marietta, HCC's Environmental Health and Safety Supervisor, and I thank you for watching today. My guests today are Warren Wortmund and John Brandt from a group that's usually called Bike Hoco. So, guys, who and what are the Howard County Bicycle Associates?
0: Well, Bob, thanks for inviting us to this. It's our pleasure to uh, talk about Bicoco. Bicoco is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit a volunteer organization formed in 2008. We're dedicated to improving all facets of bicycling in Howard County, including infrastructure, education, public awareness, and we act as liaison to the county and state agencies that affect cycling, both locally and in the state of Maryland.
2: Our goals include supporting an environmentally sound transportation system that helps to achieve a sustainable future for Howard County and for Maryland. And anyone can learn more about BikeCoCo at, at bikehoco.org, or they can search for BikeCoCo on Facebook.
0: So we had some uh, successes, like we pushed for the Howard's uh, Bike Ped Coordinator And uh, you guys may know him as uh, Chris Etoff, who's an amazing uh, world champion bicyclist. We also established the uh, Howard County Bicycling Advisory Group. I should say we helped establish that because we didn't actually establish it. It's called BAG, and this is where we meet with uh, the county officials on a quarterly basis. And we also really push for or advocate for Howard County Complete Streets Policies, and that was very successful, and you're, we're starting to see effects of that now.
2: We also hold an annual Bike Cocoa Fall Ride and uh, continue to support and the creation and operation of bike rest stops, repair stations, like the one at Freetown Farm, and we operate uh, bike corrals at events in the county. So what got each of you into riding bikes as adults? Well, I guess I'll start with that one. And In the late 80s, I, I began mountain biking and, and riding my bike to work, and then in 1990, I formed a bike patrol program for my police department where I was working. I commanded that unit for the final 20 years of my career, became a police cyclist instructor, an EMS cyclist instructor for the International Police Mountain Bike Association. And once I retired from there, I became a civilian cyclist instructor, and I'm currently touring the country in an RV with my wife and our e-bikes.
0: I started commuting to work by bicycle while I was working. And I had about a 25 mile round trip bike commute for many years. And then uh, when I worked at Edgewood, Maryland, I actually rode to a bike locker at PWI and then took the train up to Edgewood. Now I'm retired and I ride almost every day. Most of it is just short trips and errands uh, on my bike. And it's a lot of fun.
1: Now, I, I know you all have started setting up your bike corrals for events around the county and even for the college. But can you think of other ways where the uh, Bike HoCo and the college could work
2: together? And how does a bike corral really work? Well, first, a bike corral is almost exactly like a coat check at a special event. You ride to the event. You leave your unlocked bicycle in a free and secure space. A member of the corral staff parks your bike for you while you're gone. And when you return, that staff member or another staff member returns your bike to you so that you can leave. Bicyclists can come and go as often as they like for the complete duration of the event. For example, at the uh, 4th of July fireworks, the corral was open for bike parking for nine hours and some people came and went several times.
0: So bike corrals, they encourage people to ride their bikes, especially those that are afraid that their bikes, you know, it's an expensive bike and it its uh, might get stolen. But in a bike corral, we watch it and uh, protect it. But it's also a great way to advocate for bicycling because corrals are They tend to be really highly visible locations that demonstrate that bicycling is a viable means of transportation. For the 4th of July fireworks, bicycling was much faster and reliable way to travel downtown. Many of our volunteers arrived home from downtown in about 20 minutes while their neighbors spent well over an hour struggling through traffic to make the same journey. Also for that event, we converted six automobile Parking spots into a bike corral, holding seventy-five bikes with a lot of room to spare. So there are other ways of organize that uh, HCC can organize with us to encourage cycling. I think John has might have some of those answers.
2: Sure. Well, HCC or even other organizations can help create and provide bicycle maps that allow people to find local destinations. But for instance, in the case of HCC, would show the paths for their commuters to reach HCC by bicycle from the surrounding communities. I mean, they can be paper or more likely today online maps. But things like that allow cyclists to get where they need to go, and it takes the pressure off of trying to find your way. We can also work with local businesses to provide discounts to bicyclists. That's a program that Bicoco is currently developing and hopes to have up and running soon, where people will be able to use local businesses and get discounts if they're members of the organization.
1: Yeah, I know we're planning already to have y'all set up the corral at the um, Green Fest on April 15th. So hopefully we'll get a lot of people traveling into that way. So do you think commuting by bike has been getting safer? What else needs to be done to travel safely on our streets?
0: So although the roads in uh, the U.S. are having more car crashes, particularly due to the COVID issue, but bicycling has actually become safer per mile that is ridden. Because more people are bicycling, there are more crashes. But as more people ride bikes, they become more visible to motorists. And then that way, motorists expect to see bikes on the road and this overall improves safety. Riding in separate bike lanes and on pathways is always the safest way to ride. The Columbia path system has, I believe, over a hundred miles of pathway. So unfortunately Howard County only has a few miles of separated bike lanes, despite the fact that bike infrastructure is incredibly cheap to build and maintain when compared to county roads and interstates. But we still need more protected bike infrastructure.
1: So what can people do to help encourage that
0: those structures to be increased? Good question. You can uh, contact your county reps, your state reps and uh, write to them or call them and say you support bike infrastructure. You could also testify at, at county budget hearings
1: so where would you suggest somebody get started if they want to start commuting by bicycle? How would they begin and uh, what would be the first steps? What do you suggest?
0: That's a good question. I, both John and I uh, commuted by bike for years. I would start out with just buying a, an inexpensive used bike and then, uh, or you could tune up your old one. And then go to, it's important to get a good lock, say a U-lock, not a cable lock and buy a raincoat, rain pants, gloves, and I like panniers or you could get a bike bag to carry your stuff, your books, and your supplies. A spare tire tube, a patch kit, and a pump are good in case you get a flat. But I, what I do, I haven't had a flat in years. I use wider tires now and that prevents a lot of flats. So uh, it, You also tend to be more comfortable with fatter tires that's how I'd start.
2: John, any additions to that? No, Warren pretty much hit it all. The real thing is just start. Try to find a a safe, easy route to get where you're going and start riding. It's amazing how fast, it's like a learning curve and it's remarkably steep and you're up and running very quickly. That sounds great. What is going to be, what is the impact of these electric
1: bikes? What's going on with that?
2: Sure, I guess I'll touch on that one because I've been an e-biker for closing in on a decade now. So I can attest that E-bikes have opened up a whole new world for cyclists. Um, E-bikes are bridging the gap between bicycles as toys or sports equipment and turning them into true transportation devices. Older cyclists and those with mild disabilities have found that they can ride again, and all cyclists are finding they can ride for greater distance than they could before the distance that I was willing to commute went over double when I switched to an e-bike. So it was it was real easy. It's become feasible for all kinds of people to run errands or even do longer work commutes by bike. And in many cases, their bikes have even replaced one of their cars. I haven't managed to sell off one of my cars yet, uh, but I know a lot of people have, have dropped a car and that's a lot of savings for a family. Uh, additionally, because e-bikes can do a lot of the work for the cyclist, the cyclist doesn't get sweaty or tired and Riders don't need special clothing or have the need to shower once they get to work. They can actually commute in their everyday work clothes just as they did in their cars or on mass transit. You can run down to the store without changing clothes and then bring you know bring something home without starting your car. It's remarkable what you can get away with with an e-bike. It's tremendous. So, Warren, do you have an e-bike?
0: I do not. I'm always uh, coveting uh, John's e-bike. So, But I did for a while use the shared bike for the county. They had them in uh, Columbia, and I would always look for the ones with the lightning bolts so I could have that experience. It's a lot of fun, and it's, makes, it really extends your bike range.
1: What happened with those shared bikes?
0: I think that they were the death of them was through COVID, and the use of them became less and less because of that. But I don't know that the full story, that's something that Chris Etoff could probably answer for us, but I think it was mostly just wasn't as popular as they'd hoped
2: bike share programs are generally done by contract with outside corporations. And if they can't make it profitable, they tend to, when they reach the end of their contract period, they just go away.
0: I was going to say, Columbia is relatively small to have its own bike share system. And so what there was a bit of a risk that it was just too small. I think they found that the demand was not great enough because of the, the size of the town.
2: They do tend not to be absolutely self-supporting, but almost no means of mass transportation. Our train systems, our bus systems, they're all subsidized. And unfortunately, if they can't at least make some sort of, of money, the subsidies aren't large enough to keep them going. Next, we tried the scooter program. Y'all know what happened with that?
0: That was a county prototype. They just did it for a short period of time. And uh, there was demand, but I, I think that was too expensive perhaps. I, I, again, this is a question we'd have to ask Chris Etow. But I rode them a couple of times and they were just a lot of fun. And I, I really hope they come back.
1: They're certainly all over downtown. So what's the future going to be like? Are we going to get you know more and bigger bike paths and stuff? Are we going to have traffic signals and speed limits and uh, passing lanes on the bike paths? What do you think the future is going to hold for us?
0: Well, I hope that more and more people ride bikes. And I think they will. I think we're seeing that now. It's one of the things we do when you say speed limits, I know that sometimes uh, faster cyclists, they tend to stay on the roads, but I have seen speed limits in B&A, the b BNA and rail in Anne Arundel County, and also in Mount Vernon Trail. And that's mostly because there's heavy use and a, a lack of uh, alternative routes for cyclists. A friend of mine actually got a ticket for speeding while commuting to work on the B&A trail. I'm definitely not aware of any passing lanes on bike paths, but with relatively low speeds, passing isn't usually difficult.
2: But Howard County is working to make the bicycling infrastructure more connected to shops, businesses, places of work. For instance, the new protected bike lanes on Oakland Mills Road connects with an existing lane, reaching from the hospital, past Howard Community College, past the mall, across the 29 pedestrian bridge, past Planner Park to Dobbin Road. And this year, Howard County plans to build a multi-use path on Dobbin Road connecting Oakland Mills bike lane. So, you know, this connects neighborhoods to, to many shops like Wegmans, Ace Hardware, Target, Walmart, and many restaurants. So cyclists can begin to use bicycles instead of motor vehicles. So I know there's a lot of in improvements out there. We're, we're hoping for more separated bike lanes and things of that nature, but it's growing. It is growing. Our, our county government's paying more attention and spending more money on bike, bicycling infrastructure.
0: As a matter of fact, there's a very exciting project that's planned for this year, 2023. The federal government has provided $4 million for the South Entrance Trail. And this trail will travel from Lake Kittimaclundi, Near Toby's, under US twenty nine, under Snowden to uh, Stevens Forest Road. This gives Columbia another way to go in and out of downtown for both for pedestrians and bicyclists.
1: That sounds exciting. So if I'm walking down the path and a bicyclist comes behind me, and I hear him ringing a bell, what am I supposed to do?
2: As a pedestrian, you should well look to see where the bike is, but ideally the proper protocol or etiquette is for the walking person to move slightly to the right and the bicyclist should say something to the effect of passing on your left and then would go around you on the left. So it's very much like a highway. Uh, You move to the right if you're slower, you pass on the left. If everybody can do that, it works out very well. I'll try to remember that.
1: When I hear about the on your right, on your left, you know, I'm looking at my hands to see which way is which. But I'll remember that, that it's like being the slower traffic to the right. I think I could learn that. So a different note, is bike theft really a
2: big issue in Howard County? Well, Howard County is actually a pretty safe county in comparison to some of our, our neighboring counties. But bikes still do get stolen, even in Howard County. Howard County Police have an online bicycle registration program. And there are also several national organizations that do the same thing. We encourage everyone to register their bikes and use good, solid locks, not just cable locks. Cable locks are a great second lock but they're not a good primary lock. They're just too easy to defeat with small hand tools. That's good to know. I'm going to have to go out and get a new lock. So people should register their bikes with the county police? You think that really helps? Absolutely. It's it's nice to know if there is a problem, if there is a theft or a dispute over whose property it is, it's nice to have a record on file with the police where the numbers are already there and you don't have to go look anything up. It can help you to get your bike back too. If it's recovered by the police, they have no way of knowing who the owner is unless it's registered. Good
1: point. So, Warren, you mentioned you have fat tires on your bike, and that really helps with getting flats? Do these things like tubeless tires or these slime materials that you can put inside,
2: do those things help? Well, actually, I'll answer that one if if, uh, you don't mind, Warren. Neither Warren nor I are tubeless tire people. That's a different type of tire, but they can still get flats. Warren and I are still tube tire people, if you want to call it that. So... A fatter tire allows for more cush, so there's a little bit more shock absorption, which is why we say fatter tires can be a little bit more comfortable. Also, there's been advances in tires and tubes, so they do tend to get less flats than they used to. But if you want to be super safe, what you call slime is one of several liquid products that are put inside your tubes to prevent them from going flat if they get punctured. I personally use one called FlatOut. When you do get a puncture, what happens is the liquid spurts out through the hole and the the loss of pressure causes it to solidify, hopefully sealing the leak and allowing you to continue without going completely flat. So you don't actually have to pump back up or anything. You can buy tubes that are already filled with some of these products, but the easiest way for me is you just simply remove the valve stem and and insert the liquid, replace the valve stem and reinflate the tube. It's not really very hard at all. And uh, these products do help Commuters re- reduce their anxiety. It's, it's the big thing that they'll be stranded by a flat on the way to work or something. But personally, I've ridden oh, the past several thousand miles without getting a flat. Tires are just a lot more puncture resistant than they used to be.
1: Good to know. Now, you mentioned removing the stem. Are there standard mm-hmm. tools that you ought to have when you're ha- riding a bike? What should you be prepared for?
2: Sure. The, the removing the stem, it's a little tiny tool, almost a little plastic tool. It usually comes with the product. So it just fits into the end of the stem where you put the air in and just unscrew the little part that's inside. And what that does is it leaves like a straw down into the tube. That's where the liquid goes. And then you put the valve back in. That's a specialty tool. But most people should be looking to have a minor set of tools with them. Most importantly, patch flat kit or a spare tube and uh, what they call them spoons. They're little things that allow you to take the tire off the wheel and put it back on with the tube inside. But more importantly, a small pump. And they make pumps that are less than a foot long fit in a backpack, weigh a couple of ounces. It's really pretty really light. But yeah, patch tube kit and a pump. And if you want to carry some minor tools that allow you to tinker with your bike, that's fine. Or if you know where the workstations are, there are some workstations around the county now that allow you to ride up to them, hang the bike on them. And all the tools are hanging from little cables. And you can adjust your bike, run there, and then just ride off.
1: I know we had a uh, an Eagle Scout put one of those at the college. Is an Eagle Scout Absolutely.
2: Project. I think it's down right near your garage or just outside your garage
1: there. Right which is right on the uh, cross-campus pathway. So it's it's yep. uh, we just got it put in and it's already getting a lot of heavy use, uh, people cutting across That's great. Through, through there. That's great. So how big of a bike should I get? People ask me that. How do, how do they know what size bicycle they should choose?
2: The safest way and simplest way is to go to your local bike shop and ask one of the, the bike salespeople or bike mechanics, to size you to a bike. And it can also help you with adjusting the bike you have. What you wanna do is you wanna be able to stand safely over the bike. So when you're at a full stop, you need to be able to put both feet on the ground. But when you're in your seat, you won't have both feet on the ground to get an ideal cycling pedaling motion, but a, a local bike shop can help you to adjust the bike to fit you. And there are a lot of adjustments you can do to seats and handlebars and such to make your bike more comfortable. Now,
1: we've got one person in my neighborhood that rides this recumbent bike where they're almost sitting on the ground and looks like they're driving a uh, soapbox derby around but they're pedaling it but what's that all about they are
2: starting to make a lot more bicycles to fit various types of people and there are people who cannot be comfortable upright on a bike recumbents do help with that one of the problems with recumbents is that they are quite low you'll notice most of them have a little flag off of them so that they become more visible to cars. But it's just a different riding position that allows for people with perhaps a disability, they can get arm cranking instead of legs and so on and so forth. But people like that, it just allows people to ride bikes a different way. If folks wanna get in touch with you with BikeHoco, is
1: there a website or something they should look for?
0: Yes. You can find us on the internet at bikehoco.org or we're on Facebook, just search for BikeHoco. That's B-I-K-E-H-O-C-O. And John actually is the administrator of our Facebook page.
1: Does it cost anything to join?
0: Uh, We ask for a minimum donation, 10, 20 bucks. And um, John, do you know more about that? I'm not on the recruitment side as much.
2: (laughs) Uh, Currently, (laughs) everything we do is, is free. We're working as we become a large organization and we need funding to do certain things politically and so forth. We may turn into an organization with a membership, but uh, right now you can just you can just sign right on up. Come on over and be a friend on Facebook or, or um, just visit our website and pay attention to what's going on around you and advocate for better infrastructure and, and everything that we need to, to use our bikes instead of our cars. What paths
1: around Columbia or Howard County are we going to see the two of you on?
0: You will see me on the protected bike lane on Oakland Mills Road. I love that. That's that's the first Howard County protected bike lane and I never would ride that street cuz uh the cars went way too fast but now because they've they did a road diet on that and they took it from four lanes to two lanes with a middle turn lane for automobiles and then we have a two-way bike lane on the I believe it's the east side of Oklahoma Mills Road. You'll also see me on the Columbia Path a lot and I'm running back and forth from most of the local shops in the area, like down Thunderhill Road, which is a very safe road. It has bike lanes on the South side, but on the side I live on, we're just going to have bike shares. That will be, they'll be added sometime in 2023, perhaps this summer. And you won't see John because he's in, uh, in the Southwest right now in his RV.
2: So people see me other places. My wife and I travel around, but we do have our bikes with us. And uh, that's our, once we set up our campsite around our trailer, that's our primary mode of transportation for everything, getting around, going shopping, whatever we can do. What are the different kinds of sharing on the roadway? You've mentioned a couple of them, but what, what does that mean? Well, the, mean the, the first primary, no, I think he means using lanes and such. The first and most primary method is a road that's not marked in any way, shape or form but where the speeds are reasonable enough so that bicyclists can share the road. And you'll see signs like this, share the road with vehicles. That means basically the cyclists are supposed to stay aware and stay away from the curb so that they can be seen by cars. Because when you get along the edge, you become kind of invisible in the edge clutter. We call that sharing the lane. And if the lane is wide enough to be driven by the, the car and the bike at the same time the car can just drive past the bicyclist but if the road is narrower and unable to be shared the car driver is expected to at a safe time pass the cyclist using you know moving out of the lane a little bit to give them enough room so that there's at least three feet or more between them and the bicyclist and that includes even areas marked as no passing zones because cyclists are, are slower vehicles, it is legal for a car to cross that, that center line, the yellow line or whatever, to pass a cyclist as long as they do so in a safe manner. If they're operating unsafely, they're still at fault in any crash that ensues, but they are allowed to go around bicyclists and cross that center line. It's not a pane of glass. They don't have to worry about breaking it. Then next step up would be areas that are marked with sharrows. There's markings in the road to show where bicyclists would belong. And the bike should be riding right along those share rows and they're expected to be visible to the cars and the car should share. But it's a little bit more marked. Then you start getting bike paths or lanes that are alongside the lanes and may or may not be separated. So it might just be paint that separates the bike path from the road. Then you start to get a little bit more separated where you get a little bit of a barrier. Sometimes it's those reflective stalks that stick up or a curb or or some, some other form of barrier. And then they actually can move that lane off the roadway and separate it out completely, which is obviously the greatest level of safety that we can have, is to be separated from motor vehicles, because bicycles are just the the vulnerable road users. That's fascinating.
1: Well, we have reached the end of our show. Thank you both. Thanks for having us, Bob. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having us. I will be back next month with another guest and sustainable topic. In the meantime, if you have ideas or comments, you can connect with me at rmarietta at howardcc.edu. You can listen to this and all of our other episodes at dragondigitalradio.podbeam.com. And you can also catch us on Howard TV and Howard Community College's YouTube page. Don't forget to share, like, comment, and let others know to join us and help us take care of our world, because every small step each of us takes can have a great impact when we all act together. Thank you